Hi, this is Charles Maxwood, and I've been asked more times than I can count, how do I stay current? There's a lot to this question, and I'm working on a solution, code badges. That's right. You heard me right. Basically, the idea is, is that you come and do a code badge, and that gets you an introduction to a topic. Then you can decide if you want to pursue it further. But while working on the badge, you gain enough proficiency to be able to pick it up again if you need. A lot of technology comes through on the bleeding edge, and not all of it sticks, but the principles do. So doing badges on the technologies that will get you ahead will provide you with experience needed to stay competitive. Plus, it offers social proof that you know something about the topic. The project is on Kickstarter right now. You can support it and get on the launch list at codebadge.org. Hey, everybody, and welcome to another episode of My Ruby Story. This week, we're talking to Jamie Wright. Jamie, do you want to say hi? Hi, everyone. Now, we had you on episode 326 of Ruby Rogues. We talked about chatbots. Does that sound familiar? Yes, yes it does. Yeah, and you uh, also you also spoke at Ruby Dev Summit last year about chatbots. I did. I did. That was a good time. Yeah. Yeah, so I've been obsessed kind of with chatbots for a little bit. Still continue to be so. I think it's kind of the evolution of of user interfaces. So, um, and it's exciting to kind of build those things. Like I, I think I said on Ruby Rogues, like it's kind of exciting to build something that's not a web app. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of feel like it's coming alive. So it's been kind of a good good time, good experience. Cool. Yeah, I keep seeing things, new things come out that you can use. I mean. I was at Microsoft Build and they were talking a lot about like cognitive services and things like that. Yeah. Yeah. They're, Microsoft's doing a whole, a lot around AI, cognitive services, machine learning that you can use within chatbots, text-to-speech, speech mm-hmm. recognition, things like that. Yeah. It's all really just interesting space to be in and, and see where all of this stuff kind of comes out. So... Yeah, it'll be interesting to see where we end up here over the next year or two. Yeah, you know, I think I think the hype was overhyped, but it is interesting space that like, A, there's a lot of room for improvement and new things are coming out like every day. I'm sure mm-hmm. you've seen and talked about like Google Dispatch and yep. how that's kind of their AI. I know it's a little creepy, but they're kind of, <laughs> <laughs> AI is just kind of insane. So like, just the you know seeing that compared to like last year and the things people were doing is just leaps and bounds different and so yep. that's very exciting to me very cool well i brought you on to talk about your story and how you got into programming and ruby and all of that good stuff so why don't we back up and talk about that and then we can dive in a little bit more to the chatbot conversation here in a minute yeah so i started programming in high school i took a it was like just offered it was an intro, I think it was intro to computer programming or something along those lines. And it was in basic. And I kind of got influenced to try that out with uh, my cousin. My cousin was kind of a programmer slash tinker of computers. Mm-hmm. He had a Commodore 64 and I remember that. And he would program some things with that. And I just would watch and, and thought that was cool. So I took this class and I thought it was cool. You know, I made like a tic-tac-toe game, I think, something like that. And I was like, you know what? I don't know what I'm going to do in college. I know I want to go to college. So I took computer science in college and uh, just kind of fell in love with it there. Started making games like everybody does. Right. Started off in games. And just kind of the rest is history. I've kind of always 
since then, I kind of just love the idea of like creating things, things that aren't there before. And then just with a little bit of time can create, you know, it's art to me. I think just creating something that wasn't there before that people use is pretty neat. So, and it's, you know, it's not like you're investing hundreds of thousands of dollars into some fashion design line or, you know, you're not putting in money. It's just, it's just your time on a computer. And uh, especially nowadays, you know, you can put something up on for 30 bucks a month and, and, uh, and see if people use it. So it's a good area to be in, obviously. Yep. Yeah, I mean, some of the stuff you can go host on Heroku or something for free. Right. It's going to go. I mean, it's it's kind of funny how accessible it all is. Yeah, I I, um, I kind of mentor some every, not every weekend, but when I when I make it out there, I, I mentor kids from 7 to 17. Uh, there's a Coder Dojo in mm-hmm. our area. I'm familiar with that program. It's a it's a worldwide program. And kid, these kids come, you know, and and on Saturday mornings and we, I help them get through some, some, if they're having any issues uh, and they're all just creating games and just putting them online and each other uh, are playing each other's games. And so it's, it's cool to see that. That sounds like fun. Yeah. It's a, it's a blast. It's, it's kind of funny, like seeing the side of programming that doesn't have deadlines and, <laughs> yeah, hey, right. you know, and people are just tinkering and like, it's kind of a cool cool thing to see yeah even even some of the open source stuff that doesn't necessarily have a deadline you've got github issues and you know distribution issues and things like that security and you know am i doing good or am i doing harm and yeah yeah and people getting on you because you haven't updated your yep open source project for x amount of time and so yep yeah it's fun to just kind of get away with all that like put all that stuff aside and just kind of tinker and, and watch people tinker and, and uh, you know, see hearing all the oohs and ahs. So it's cool. Yep. Absolutely. Uh, how did you get into Ruby? Uh, Leon Gersing. Oh, really? <laughs> um, yeah. So I, there's a local, local to me event called code mesh. Uh-huh. Uh, it's in every, it's every January at the, at an indoor water park in Sandusky, Ohio, which is kind of near Cleveland. And um, Leon putting, this was about in 2006, 2007. Leon was doing kind of a workshop for just kind of introduction to Ruby. And I went in there and I was like, man, this language is amazing. And so I started tinkering around with it, built, built a small project in it with Rails. And I was hooked ever since. I came from the Microsoft.net C Sharp world. Right. And so, yeah, I just absolutely fell in love with the, the, the ease of it. Just, just the, you know, the, the reason, whole reasons why everybody loves Ruby is right. I just see the, I saw those immediately. So what, what was it for you exactly that got you excited about it? One was coming from Microsoft and all that. Uh, you just, there's just so much ceremony around like, you know, you need a, you need to be on windows B, this is back then, you know, so you need to be on Windows. B, you needed uh, Microsoft tooling, IDE, or, you know, that was the default path. So just the ease of just opening a terminal and typing IRB and typing, you know, some stuff. It was just, that was, that was the, the, the immediate thing that I remember was like, man, this is, this is so, there's so much f- less friction here. 
So that was number one. Number two was, you know, the English-like syntax, the ability to kind of just grok the quote-unquote API mm -hmm. library to, to kind of like not even having to look up the documentation, just say, oh, I think this is probably what this method would be yep. called. And, and then having it, you know, that is the, the answer. So those were the two media things. And then I fell in love with the community with uh, the amount of open source that was happening, the amount of uh, excitement around the language, because back then mm -hmm. it, was, you know, it was the new hot stuff. So all those things are just like, you know, just, and then I kind of said to myself, I'm not going to do another, I was still a consultant back then. I uh, still learn, but I was like, I'm never going to do another, have another client that's Microsoft client and just focus completely on Ruby. And uh, that was good. It was a good decision and it was fun. So, yeah, well, the, the fun factor is important. Yeah. And I still like still today, it's still uh, the fun factor is still there. So even though it's not the, you know, it's not JavaScript, it's still, you know, I still am in love with, with Ruby. Yep. So, uh, so yeah. So what, what have you done in Ruby? I mean, we've talked about chatbots. bots, um, mm -hmm. built Tatsu. Yes. Well, the first project I did back then was a, uh, it was a to-do list app, of course. And my idea was I wanted a way to create to-dos in just one sentence mm -hmm. so that that way, uh, tasks, so that that way you could just do it from the command line. You could do it within your code editor, like adding to-dos. The UI, if you want to use the, the uh, user interface, would be simple. So I created this, this application called Morale. It did okay. I used it for, for, for quite a bit. And uh, stopped when I stopped using it, I, I shut the app down. But that was my first application I, I created in, in Ruby. That was my first Rails application. The code I should bring up, it's probably horrid. But, um, <laughs> as far as like open source work, I haven't, I've done a few open source projects that haven't really, that I've used myself mm -hmm. that haven't really taken off. Some around chatbots. Uh, I've created a a wrapper around the Slack API in Ruby called, it's called laziness. It's still out there. I still use it. It's still being used in Tatsu. Mm -hmm. uh, and then I've created a conversational UI framework in Ruby that uses blocks to figure out what the next step in the conversation is. And I use that in, in Tatsu as well. But yeah, those are, those are kind of my, um, and then I've done a lot of speaking in Ruby. I've right. done a lot, a lot of regional speaking in, in, in Ruby in the Ruby community. So um, that's really mainly, mainly where I'm kind of known from in the Ruby community is, is through my speaking. What's the thing you're most proud of? I, I'm, I'm most proud of teaching. So I've, I've started a couple of Ruby and Ruby on Rails workshops mm -hmm. um, that I've done. I haven't done them in a, in a few years, but I did a few of them a couple of years ago. And the, I, I saw that same excitement that I had when I first started using Ruby in those, those students. And a few of them have actually gotten Ruby jobs from, from taking that course. So that's probably the most, that's probably the thing I'm most proud of. Nice. It's, it's always interesting to see what people really care about. And I'll tell you for, for the podcast, it's the same thing for me is just, having somebody come up and say, Hey, it made a difference. Help me get a job or whatever. Right. And, and it's that payoff. You know what? Something I did 
mattered to somebody and made their life better. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. There's no, I mean, yeah, it's cool to see uh, a push notification come through and say, Hey, somebody else signed up for a tattoo, but Mm -hmm. that won't ever uh, feel as good as like, you know, starting somebody's career down a path and pushing them in the right direction. So that's always nice. Yep. So what are you working on now? So I'm still still plugging away at Tetsu. The other thing that I'm working on, so I'm, I've been getting into Elixir a lot mm-hmm. because, of, because of Ruby. And I'm creating a Pomodoro app with a colleague of mine. And this this is an app that we've that I've wanted to see exist for. I think me and me and my colleague have talked about like this being in existence since like 2013, 20, 2014. But we we use kind of the Pomodoro technique when we work all day. So right. we do 25 minutes of um, work, five minute break. You know, everybody's familiar with that. And there's a million trillion Pomodoro apps out there. But we wanted an app that does a few things. So uh, we wanted a, a Pomodoro app that uh, you could sync Pomodoro. So if you're working in a group, uh, if you're pair programming or whatnot, and you wanted to all be kind of on the same, if you wanted to sync up your uh, your Pomodoros, you could do so. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we also wanted a Pomodoro app that literally actually works between devices. So the idea of like when you're on your break, you need to step away from your computer. Well, right now there's not an easy way to, unless the Pomodoro timer is running on your phone already, it's not an easy way right. to, to get the Pomodoro. So that's working um or that we're working on that and then the other the last thing we're working on is in regards to that is integrations so if you wanted to say hey email or text my wife when i'm done with my last pomodoro to tell her i'm on the way home and shut off the lights on my phillips hue you know those types of things so we're mm-hmm. we're building a pomodoro app that does kind of those those things uh we're calling it chronic right now that's uh, at chronic.io. But the reason I'm excited about this is uh, this is kind of similar to my Ruby story is kind of my Elixir stories. I'm building, a f- you know, my first main app in Elixir. Uh, that's really how I get dig deep into a new language, a new platform, things like that. And, and, uh, and actually Elixir is kind of the perfect language for this. Um, so I'm really excited about, about working on that. Very cool. Yeah, we just started an Elixir show, so I'm oh, nice. To dig into it myself. Yeah, Elixir is Elixir is awesome. I'm also speaking of chatbots. I'm also creating a, a chat bot library in Elixir because I also feel that's the perfect platform and language for chatbots. Um, every bot could be in its own process using OTP. There's supervision trees. You have zero time down downtime deploys and it was built on Erlang, which was for the communication industry. So it's kind of like a perfect language, I feel, yep. um, for chatbots. So I'm, I'm also working on that uh, as I prepare for a talk that is around that in July. So that's going to be an open source project. So that, that's going to be fun as well. Very cool. We'll have to uh, dive into that a little bit more. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, with Chronic, we're kind of just doing it on our own time. We're not really putting any deadlines on it. We we both kind of have real life jobby jobs. And uh, we didn't want to make it not fun. We wanted to make it, you know, like the Cutter Dojo kids. Yep. Just kind of uh, no commitments and just, just, just making it work uh, so that we want to use it. And hopefully other people will want to use it. Yep. 
Makes sense to me. All right. Well, do you have some picks for us? Is your job search stuck? Maybe you're not getting any interviews with employers, or maybe you are, but no job offers. Or you may be new and not even know where to start. This is Charles Maxwood, and I'm releasing a new course and ebook on how to find a job as a software developer. The course walks you through the process of finding the types of companies you want to work for, getting their attention, and putting your best foot forward as the candidate they want. I've coached dozens of developers in looking for jobs and have been able to help several people find jobs within two weeks to two months. So whether you're new to development, can't find a great job that fits what you want, or are looking for remote work from an area without a strong tech community, I can help. Go to getacoderjob.com and sign up today. Sure. Yeah, I have. So I just got done reading uh, Deep Work. Have you ever read this book? Yep. Yeah, it's, it's older. Uh, it's a couple years old, right? But uh, there's kind of two books that have changed my life. One is probably Getting Real from 37 Signals and this book. I've over the couple years, last couple of years, I've had trouble of like getting a lot, like being as productive as I think I should be. Mm-hmm. A lot of that is like my environment and social media, of course. And like when I read this book, I was like, man, this, this speaks to me. So I highly recommend that book. Uh, so that's kind of my first pick. Nice. Uh, let's see. Another pick. Another pick. You know what? I think people should get away from their computers and go play paintball. Um, <laughs> so there's a, uh, there's a nationwide tournament series called NXL, and they, they stream their games. So everybody should go check out nxlpaintball.com. And uh, hopefully that'll, that'll motivate you to get off your computers and go play paintball. That just sounds awesome. Sounds like a ton of fun. Yeah, it's, it's fun. It's also fun to watch. So <laughs> Nice. Let's see. I think I'm just going to pick some uh, games on my phone that I've been playing lately. One of them is uh, Disney Emoji Blitz. And it's kind of like, uh, what, what is it? Candy, Candy Crush or some of those games where you kind of match things up. The thing that I like about it is that as you unlock more emojis, you can use them in your text messages. And my wife's a big Disney nut. So that's the reward for me is I get to send her a new character when I unlock one. So. Oh, man, this looks awesome. Oh, boy. Yeah, it's fun. Well, there goes my deep work work. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. Yeah, deep work is an awesome book. Really, really like that book. One other thing that I'm going to pick here is Skitch. I'm sure I've picked it on some of the shows before. I never know which show I've picked it on, though. So, But it's it's a screenshot app. It allows you to put like arrows and stuff in. So when I'm communicating with people, especially people who are working for me, I can pull that together and... Yeah, just do an indication there. Hey, this is what I'm talking about right here. And it makes things a little bit easier to communicate with. Right. Yep. Love sketch. Yep. So anyway, those are my picks. Jamie, if people want to check out what you're thinking about or whatever, I'm assuming you're on Twitter or GitHub. Yep. Yeah, I'm Jay Wright, J-W-R-I-G-H-T, like the brothers, Uh, no, no relation. I'm Jay Wright on Twitter and on GitHub. So Twitter's probably the best way to reach me. Cool. All right. Well, thanks for coming and talking to me for a little bit. Thanks, Joe. Thanks for your thanks for your time. I appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. We'll go ahead and wrap this one up and we will catch you all next week. Bandwidth for this segment is provided by Cashfly, the world's fastest CDN. Deliver your content fast with Cashfly. Visit C A C H E F L Y dot com to learn more.